0: Hello and welcome to the Mikey Worthington Comedy Podcast. This is episode nine and we've got Greg Kimball. First time he's been on the show and uh, it was good to have him on. Uh, Now, before we get into it, we've got a couple of upcoming comedy events around Canberra, which you should add to your calendar. So if you're listening to this straight away, uh, remember we've got um, Irish Club tomorrow. So that's Irish Club From 8pm on the 7th of January. At the end of this week on Friday the 10th we've got the open mic at the front in Lynham starting from 8pm. Last but not least for the bracket of upcoming open mics in Canberra we've also got the basement in Belconnen which is the room that I run and also where this episode was recorded on Tuesday the 21st of January. Looking forward to that one, first basement open mic of the year. So, And then finally um, as part of the uh, the comedy events around Canberra we've got on Friday the 24th of January from 730 at Smith's Alternative, Three Blind Men's um, comedy feature of Got Beef so uh, check that one out as well be a good one to go to and that's uh, that's it for the upcoming open mics and then finally you've got the uh, Three Blind Men uh, towards the end of the month on the 24th so make sure you go and check those guys out. Um, three Blind Men's made up of uh, Chris Moulton Taylor Coftry and Nick Shuler three uh, established Canberra comedians so it'd be cool to see them on stage and uh, you know doing what they do now uh, we'll get into the episode. Thank you for listening and remember to uh, like, subscribe and share the episode. Mm-hmm. Kicking off the new year with our uh, first guest, Greg Kimball. Hey, Marky. How you going, mate? Hey, good to have you here, man. First guest for the year, uh, 2020. We're recording this before that. But um, hey, it's good to have you on the show. It's good that you broke down the fourth wall Immediately at the start of the podcast, absolutely, no one would have known. But you, you're just too honest. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of uh, of podcasting. We could have recorded this well before that. I like to call them this is Doug Stanhope's term, evergreen episodes. So, nope. like, they'll have episodes which they'll record as placeholders. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug Stanhope's. Um, I saw him live when he came to Canberra. Yep, and um, I, I, I. I uh, found him quite late into my comedy kind of yeah, yeah. life. And, uh, it's, yeah, he's just a phenomenon, isn't oh, he? Oh, man. The story he talks about where his mother is dying yeah. and they help her suicide <laughs> yeah. is... Um, I, I try and describe it to people who do, haven't heard of him or haven't heard that yep. bit. And trying to describe how... It's um, it's so brutal, yeah. but so heartwarming at the same time. Uh, is a is is really hard to do, but
0: it's a it's a phenomenal bit. Man, I think the reason that he gets away with it in such a way that I've never been able to get away with when I try and tell my friends. Um, like I used that bit whenever I tried to convince people to come to a Stanhope show, but I'm glad I went and seen him when he was here last, so I had more material to tell other people. Um, but he paints. The picture of the relationship between him and his mum. And then you're like, alright, that makes sense. Like, he has a line in there where he's just like... Uh, so, apparently it was going to take like 50 morphine. She had 90. Yeah. ordered till the day she died. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it just has lines like that where you're like... Man. and But also he's... His stage presence and persona?
1: Oh, it's got a lot to do with being
0: in comedy for
1: 24 years or something like that. Like, you you know your way around a story and your own personality and your style. Yeah. Um, Especially as someone like he is who's so committed to his persona, uh, it is just purely him and his way of thinking. Mm. Um, And, you know, no one else is going to be able to do do a story like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he kind of... He is so natural on stage because he lives his stage persona. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. it's not like... I know that with some people they are kind of a little bit more sheepish in real life. Um, whereas he seems to be... Just from listening to podcasts and I've never had the chance to meet him. Actually, Phil Carruthers opened for him.
1: I, that was the show I saw. Yeah, so saw. Bill and I, I,
0: I were there Yeah, yeah. and I uh, wore my vintage suit, you know. I, was, yeah, nice. uh, I had to take something there that... Uh, he could sign if I seen him at a drop of a hat Yep Because I yeah. just didn't want to take up any of his time More than I needed to Just to him to scribble on Yeah, yeah Something um, But dude, he signs all his merch still Like when you yeah, If you yeah. order that's from phenomenal. his store um, he, he signs stuff for you I got b- both of his books Signed copies um, Things like that So like he That's another good point is no matter his level, um, he still puts in that effort to his fans. Yeah, that's why no, he has a really not devoted not. hand uh, fan base as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a Stanhope like uh, term, and then we just go into a whole fanboy about the <laughs> yeah. about Stanhope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we just hijacked the intro of your podcast. Yeah,
0: no man. But it's um, good to have you on. I think in the early days of me starting this up, I did actually. Um, have words with you I think at Phoenix which has since shut down um, about you know potentially being on the show so it's good to see it finally like come into
1: yeah man no look you know I'm always happy to to do things like this, it's good fun. Even just sitting down, shooting the shit.
0: Yeah, and you said that you've been on podcast before with a beer and a shot, which is another Canberra comedy podcast.
1: Yeah, shot and a beer. Um, a shot and a beer. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the the Bensley brothers. Um, I think they're still around. They haven't been doing any more podcasts recently. Yeah, um, Andrew's in Sydney and Danny's down in, in Melbourne. But yeah, um, but they're yeah they're still floating around doing doing stuff. Those boys and and yeah their podcasts. They also did as a live show yeah, uh, and yeah. I was on that a few times. Yeah, so, right. Uh, which, um, what would which that usually be? So the format for that was the the guest of the podcast would kind of... It was like a, like a mini headline show in the first act. So yep. you'd have... The boys would sort of co-host yep, and then you'd have maybe one or two support acts and then the guest on the podcast would do about 20. Yeah. And then they'll go and have a break. So that's an hour-ish. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll have a break. Uh, And then the second half is just the live recording of the podcast with that guest. Yeah, right. Um, And those two are just uh i'm gonna fanboy on the bensleys now those two are just phenomenal in terms of how they can bounce off each other they mm, mm. and i mean that's that's from being brothers their whole life you talk talking oh, about it, you know, <laughs> you know yeah, Stan yeah. hope knowing his stuff i mean those guys have been doing that their whole lives um, yeah absolutely and so there's something really nice uh and and they know each other's of humor so well yep. that they're just so natural in, in um in playing off each other and um uh, and and I get along with them really well. They're both really good mates of mine, and so it was a it was a really fun podcast to do. Yeah, cool. Um, a really good mate of mine, Jez Margosis, who is still doing comedy, but he's a, he's actually a fight MC. He's a mm-hmm. he's a martial, mixed martial arts yeah, yeah fight MC. Going
0: down the Joe Rogan route.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's he <laughs> does um, jujitsu and stuff himself. But yeah, He right. does a lot of the. He's I think he's done a couple of UFC sort of prelims okay, and cool, things cool. like that. Um, and he when he was doing more stand up. Used to have a podcast as well, and so I um, I did a fair few of those. Oh, cool! Uh, so that was good fun as well.
0: Yeah, right. No, it's well, it's good to know that you've been on a couple before. Um, I've I sort of came in at the tail end of, um, Beer and a shot. Like I didn't um, didn't see any of the live shows. That was about when I first started in comedy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've I've caught both Danny um, and um, Drew. Yep. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. At multiple shows around town. I think I know Danny better just because he emceed a few of the nights. Actually, I think Danny emceed my second ever open mic at the front. Yeah, right. And uh, Which is now back up and running again, which is really yeah. cool. There's good room too. The front's
1: killing it. And, and that was actually my first um, genuine comedy gig that I ever did. Yeah. Uh, was at the front in Lynham on a Tuesday night. Uh, it's on a Friday now. But, um, yeah, there was something... It, it, and I didn't realise at the time when that was happening that um, uh, we were talking before we started recording about about sort of when I came into the scene. But yeah. I felt at the time, and this was in 2009, that the scene had been running for quite a long time and that I was sort of just entering it. But what I realised in the years after was that it had only been going for, for maybe 6 or 12 months and that it was all relatively new and the front and the civic pub were yeah. really the two kind of continuing or or growing sort of rooms that were happening in Canberra that, yeah. that are still around today and are still killing and they're and they're still the two best rooms in my opinion yeah. or at least you know uh, the most consistent long running kind of rooms. That yeah. We're well,
0: having. there's got a, there's some value in um, the history. So until you build history of the room, which is what I'm trying to do with the basement, you get that feel. Yeah, like, I just
1: realised how much of a shit comment that was to make while
0: I'm sitting in another open mic room. No, dude, no. <laughs> Other than your room, Marky. No, uh, man. Look, <laughs> like I know what what you mean. Like, because, like I said, you need history with with a room, and I'm starting to build it here. I mean, I've got plenty of 2020 with um, some of the setups. Like tonight, I've got you into MC. The first half, which is something that I want a, a format I'd like to do more often, um, have an MC. I oh, had Benny Aguilera's last time, and he killed it with the with the MC skills. He's really quick on the like on the MC um, riffing on on the crowd and with the crowd and doing callbacks to the last comedian set and yeah, things. Yeah,
1: Benny Eggs is a legend. He's um he's so good at um at just being natural and responsive to what's happening around him. Yeah. Um, I can, you know, sometimes you never really know what is written with him and what's just sort of coming up in off his head cuff, as he's yeah. yeah off the cuff as he's on stage and yep. um, yeah, yeah he's just such a great guy to to listen to yeah. to speak um, he's um, he's great he, I think he just went up to up to Tamworth and he up did north yeah Coast yeah. and places like that so yeah he travels
0: passionate. travels with it um, which is cool and uh, I think with a a lot of whether you don't know you mentioned you don't know sometimes whether it's written or whether it's um, off the cuff, I think sometimes I'll have material, I'm getting to the point now, so I've just been doing comedy for just over two years now, um, and I have a lot of material that isn't polished, and it might just take an audience member to say something that'll remind me, or a previous bit that'll remind me of something, like a previous comedian if I MC or whatever, or even just the person before me, and I'll be like, alright, I'm doing that now. Like, I might have a five-minute set set for an open mic, and then the previous comedian will bring up something that I'm like, oh, there's that joke, that's how I can deliver it. It'll all just come together. I'll go, all right, I'll pull this joke, throw that one instead... I've rewritten my set like a few minutes before I'm even on the stage and then just retry again. Yeah. And then it works. Like I've I've had jokes that have just never worked. I've tried them a couple of times, didn't work, didn't work. Then I put them after another joke, add them to a different one, something like that, and then all of a sudden it just clicks.
1: I find it hard to throw anything out, even though I reckon, you know, 90% of what I write is, is junk. But like <laughs> I find it really hard to throw <laughs> I'm out a because, joke hoarder. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know you, you might be going through a set... Um, or have an idea or a chunk of material later on where you've got this this weird idea that suddenly fits, uh, and so you know what I mean. Like I think that's a really good way to go about it. Is the more you hone and the more you revise and review and rewrite your material, the more those other ideas will start to kind of churn in as well. Um, but um, but yeah, and look, I um, I think that the the skill of of being on stage has got to be. Um, as much about the writing as it is about the stagecraft and about your ability to to um, to react and, and sort of listen to what's going on around you and listen to what the crowd's giving you back, yep. um, the response you're getting and and, um, and being able to kind of respond to that. Even if you're not getting a necessarily hugely positive one, even acknowledging that to them can change their attitude towards you. Yeah, uh, And suddenly they... You know, they kind of say, well, at least he's listening. At least he's kind of, you know, he's getting in tune with with us. And, you know, I think when you see people who have their jokes written and delivered in in that rote kind of standard fashion where Mm. they're just going to go power through every line. Yeah. I think you're less likely to get a really good response from a crowd as to whether you're you're delivering and then listening and then yeah you know and because you're less yourself.
0: relatable then totally. like if yeah. you if you address something that they've realised like for example if it's a smaller crowd I know um, a few comedians have like a a standard intro for like if there's a smaller crowd like they'll be like you know. Uh, There's one comedian that has the, like, well, I performed to 2,000 people last week, but, like, this will do. <laughs> yeah, like, nice. And, yeah, yeah. like, that yeah. just breaks that barrier yep. of, like, yeah, yeah. I'm up on stage. <laughs> Actually, we're talking about other comedians, I was listening to a podcast by a guy called Dean Delray, and he was saying, like, well, don't shit on the people that rocked up.
1: Yeah, like, sure, like you know, like yeah, yeah. you're
0: mad at everyone else that isn't there. Absolutely, you've got the only people here that you can't be mad yeah, at. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, um, I sometimes use a line. There's a few um, gigs around town. I was at the boardwalk uh, yep. last week. And um, some of them, like the basement here, is feels like an actual basement. So it's yeah. there's no windows or anything. So yeah, it's um, it's great. You can actually kind of turn the lights down and keep the lights on the stage high. But those sorts of places where it's a bar or a cafe, they've usually got big open windows. And um, and I usually make the um, the joke that um, you know it's it's really nice to see the crowd. i um, not used to seeing. The disappointment on the faces, this yeah, yeah. The but uh, <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's and it's something that you can kind of acknowledge that you can see them too, yeah, uh, yeah, and it sort of uh, it invites them to actually get involved in what's yeah. happening.
0: Well, that's so that happened, um, to me at the last open mic here. I was doing a bit, and one of my friends yelled out, and I was just like, I can't see you, but I'll talk to you, yeah. like, I can't see your face, but this is a good opportunity. For me to um, talk, I, I accidentally stumbled on um, a line at um, so at um, the last front. Someone said that they were doing crowd work with the previous set, so I get up there and I like get to like a section in my in my set, and I legitimately just forgot the next joke. Yeah, like yeah. I'm. It's like I've done four out of five minutes, and I'm just like, I swear I had something for you right now (laughs) yeah when you don't expect it like after a while I thought that I wouldn't do that again but for some reason because I don't have any bad habits of like writing my set on my hand or anything like that yeah I can't and like I don't use my phone or anything like I can't I don't have any frame or reference yeah 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 so I'm like all right, let's do some crowd work and then like while I'm midway through the crowd work I'm like oh shit that was the bit I was gonna tell and then so I just had to cut the crowd r- work short and I'm just like actually fuck crowd work that's why <laughs> the only per- the only reason you do crowd work is because you forgot what you're going to say which means I'm not prepared to talk here which means you guys shouldn't have to talk cuz I'm not ready to yeah yeah like I shouldn't have to make you guys talk just yeah. cuz I'm not ready to do it
1: I am um, I remember talking to Ronnie Chang um about how? Because he does his crowd work I- incredible. Oh, it's an art. Like, um, if, if, and and the way he described it was, um, I mean, he's just he's so full of confidence from the start. So yeah. I mean, he has full confidence in his ability to to come out and come up with something. But what he he, one of the reasons he has that confidence is that. What he said is that he knows he's about to say something funny. He knows that in the next minute he's going to drop a punchline and everyone's yep. going to laugh their ass off. So he's he's sort of not worried about not getting a laugh. So he's going to just go down this little rabbit hole and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And then if it makes something great, he's got another laugh. If it continues, if he's able to build on it, great. But when he feels like it's run its course, then he just goes into the bit that he was about yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a really good good way to do it and, and I think um, you know I wouldn't say crowd work is one of my you know it's not one of my sort of strongest points I think people like Tom Gibson is phenomenal in the camera scene in terms of yeah great. Um, crowd work I've seen him I saw him at um, the Club Sandwich in Tuggerong which is a great room and another room where I did one of my first gigs um, Chris Ryan's running that now and um, and they just had some tech issues. They just, for whatever reason, the mic wasn't working. I'm sure they fixed all that now. I probably shouldn't shit-can other rooms in terms of their technical quality. I oh mean, some, sometimes happened,
0: people just knock it around. The person yeah, just, before you slaps it up. <laughs> Tom
1: just kept coming up with jokes that he was just filling in and just kept finding another punchline and another punchline and another punchline. Yeah. You could see he was getting frustrated with... Wanting to do the shit that he'd come here to do, yeah, yeah. But he was just able to keep the crowd going, and then making a joke out of that situation, making a joke out of his own frustration, um, you know. And and that was a real skill. Um, and um, you know, I think, um, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things—the ability to to make a connection between um, or uh, about something that's happening at the time is um, is something that shows real, real kind of oh, man.
0: craft. Dude, like I. Um I had some mic issues here one week. And um, one of the guys, I've only ever seen him at Irish Club, and he came here. Dude can sing like country music, like Elvis and stuff as well. Like yeah. just mix mixes it up. And I was just like, can you test the mic? He just started singing. Yeah. yeah. Until I got the mic working. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, dude, I'm going to. Like, that's a good intro to a show. Just yeah, the dude yeah, comes yeah. up, starts singing a song, the, the mic fades in. So was he? Was he a comic? He's uh, it just goes by his stage name Tony, but okay. I, I, I don't think. Yeah, but him. he yeah, yeah. He's just dude, just tells pub jokes, man. Yeah. Like he just comes up, yeah. Tells pub do, pub jokes, um, and uh, yeah, just actually does quite good with yeah, his yeah. with his like I've um, I've seen him a couple of times, both here and down at um, Irish club, mm-hmm. and yeah, just <laughs> he. He sits back, usually goes up like within the last three comedians and Yeah. Yeah, he's happy to chill and do that one. Yeah, but right. yeah, it just starts singing, man. <laughs> it's just like because um this is a dynamic that I that I heard about. There was more of like a seventies thing. But comedy and music used to be heavily linked. A lot yeah, of the time yeah. comedians would open for a rock band. Mm. Yeah. Um and that's that whole like prior era like even Robin Williams did it as well. Like yep. it was all that the rock and roll and the comedy scene was in LA was just like meshed together. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I've been asked to MC, uh, um, a gig. I am. Um, I've
1: done that once. Yeah. And, um, I have to say it was probably the worst, one of the worst gigs that I've ever done <laughs> in my life. I'll tell you the story. So I, uh, and I'll give my mate Spanish a bit of a shout out. Um, it's a, a Canberra band called Lavers, yep. uh, and Dom Lavers and his brother Seb. Um, I can't remember the other dude's names, and they might have changed by now anyway. Yeah, yep. And I used to work with Dom. He's a great mate of mine, and they're, and they're all they're fantastic blokes, and they make really good music. Anyway, they had this idea. They said, "Oh, look, you know, they were doing a, a gig at the ANU Refectory, and they said, do you want to MC?'" Um, and I was, "Yeah, sure. You know, whatever a gigs a gig, you, you know." Yeah. And the thing was, they wanted me to to open up, so at the beginning, and then they wanted me to introduce those two support bands, so they wanted me to do, before the first support band, in between them, introduce the second support band, and then in between them and bring on the main Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, as with most sort of headline gigs, everyone, 95% of the people are there for the headline act, right? Yeah, yeah. So no one is literally going to be in the in the band room for the first act and so Mm -hmm. i didn't even like i didn't even get on stage they just got on stage and started playing they were like look we're running late we're gonna play yeah let's just do it yeah and so after the the after they finished i um there's about a handful of people in there and i got i started to try and do some you know do some crowd work (laughs) and sort of you know uh chatting away and stuff like that and i um I looked, I was trying to encourage people to come closer to the stage Mm -hmm. and um, I was trying to make a joke about how there's nothing wrong with this part of the stage, right? Uh, So, you know, you're not going to catch anything, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that kind of dumb joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just before I got on stage, I had just finished talking to someone about my dad who at the time was undergoing treatment for terminal cancer right and so i was on stage and i'm going you know trying to make this joke in my head and i'm like it's okay guys you can come over to this part of the stage it doesn't have cancer and then as soon as i delivered that punchline i looked straight at my mate's mum the guy's It was his mum who had beaten breast cancer yeah and then i realized that she didn't have a Partner with her, her husband, because he died of cancer. Fuck. So I've just made a cancer joke. Yeah, yeah. About the band and their family who had large amounts of cancer. Right. Yeah, in it. yeah. So that just went so bad already. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so I was apologising to them. I'm like, oh my god, I feel so bad. This is like horrific. And they were like, they're like, man, it's fine. You just you're doing your thing. You just you know don't worry about it. It's fine. She was cool. She was a total legend about it yep. um so anyway the, the the second band comes on and they do their thing and then i get up and by that stage so the people would start to come in and by the intermission between this the second and the main act um everyone's in there and they've all been drinking so everyone's just fucking, you know yeah, just yeah. off their face um and I had this thing where I was going to come out and I was going to tell a couple of stories about my mate Dom, and I was going to do this this yeah, yeah. do this little bit that I'd written. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're reading your notes before. Oh you yeah, go yeah. Up and and I mean, shit I've you been like to
1: that. I've been to rock concerts before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you do a comedy show, people listen to the comedian, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas at the rock show, they don't give a fuck about it, <laughs> guys on stage, and they literally just started yelling over me, and I'm like bringing the band out one by one, and yeah, and they're just like. They're just like get off, get off, <laughs> booing me <laughs> off the stage. Someone chucked a beer at me, and a beer hit me, and I like flicked it back, and it's hit some chick in the face. And then it's just like in the end, I'm just like, oh, fuck, like, I'm just, I've just got to go. And so I got, like I some got off stage. Yeah, yeah, literally, like they just hated me, and then they, so they, so they, so they did their thing. And one thing that I'd said to them before is, um, I said to Dom, I said, uh, I've got this big stupid green um like like a green sort of onesie suit yeah a frog suit and i wore it to a christmas party years back and i said i said oh maybe i can like jump in the frog suit and dance around on stage with you guys and he asked the band and they were like yeah whatever like that's fine
0: (laughs) (laughs) and after having
1: bombed so hard i was like i don't know whether i should I don't know, this is like a dumb I don't you know and then one of the roadies is just like, no man, fuck it, just do it. And <laughs> I'm like, All right I will so like I jump around on stage and <clears throat> I don't even know if people knew it was me or not. And then I um I was tempted to to like jump out into the crowd and, and like crowd surf, but I just thought everyone'd just get out of the way. And yeah, just like be a like each school shit. of rock. Yeah, yeah. And so I, um, I but I went down into the crowd and I'm and I was running around in the crowd like dancing in the mosh and stuff like that. Yeah. And um and people were, still just hated me. Like I was just you just fucking, couldn't. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, I was, I was just copping win. elbows and <laughs> and just getting just getting hooked from behind and stuff like that. But I was just trying to stay in character. Like I was just trying to be this sort of you know life of the party kind of dude. Yeah, yeah. And um, but uh, you know, you know, it's the same when you're on stage, but when you're doing any kind of a or a character or whatever you yep. just sort of get swept up in it and I and I was just trying to embrace the crowd and yeah. being, you know that guy in the crowd and um at some point and I'm not proud of this I um I went past this woman and I must I think I pinched her on the bum or I or I slapped her on the bum which is awful like you know I feel really bad about it now and I and it was a, it was a shit thing to do um but I didn't remember doing it like at the time I was, I was sort of like whatever yeah <laughs> Anyway, Monday morning comes and I see Dom at work and he goes and I go, Hey wait, when's our next gig? You know, when are <laughs> we when are we doing this again? And he's yeah. like, yeah, Oh yeah, you know. You know it was, it was really, yeah, thanks for doing it, man. Yeah, it was uh, Yeah <laughs> it was so non committal. Absolutely non committal about me ever having anything to do with their band ever again. And then I was like, Oh, look, you know, but the you know, the frog suit seemed to go okay, didn't it? And he goes, Look, you know, most people didn't mind that, but there was one lady who got really mad and she said the guy in the frog suit like slapped her on the ass. And um her husband was gonna punch me out. Oh. she said that if if I hadn't kept going, kept walking That would have been like the end she of it. was gonna like he had started yeah. and he was gonna grab me and fucking knock me out. <laughs> and I just was like, Oh god, so I made a cancer joke about the guys' band. The yeah, g- yeah. Going the band's mum, I get booed off stage and accused of sexual harassment. I yeah, think that's right. an all-time bad gig. Dude, like, that's, that's <laughs> three for three. Yeah, <laughs> like, is, man, I don't think uh, when I say accused, like I was quite guilty.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: uh, but no, no, that is the only time I've ever done the um, the comedian at a band. Yeah, uh, you know, it's um, it's just rough, man.
0: Dude, <laughs> I yeah I. Always I always look at people That Take a guitar on stage Yeah And I'm like You're lucky With the fact That you have something To fill the noise When there's nothing Yeah yeah Like if I Say a joke That doesn't hit Yeah I have to bathe In the silence Whereas if yeah. I've got a guitar I can just strum at that motherfucker Until People but don't hear the laughter.
1: Similar to what you were talking about before with when you forgot your place and so you decided to do crowd work as a, as a filler, which I meant to say before is the best thing you could have done. Yeah. Um, the worst thing you could have done is gone, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. What am I going to say? Like, you just got to take a breath and just just look around and just pretend like you're just having a, having a breather. Yeah. And then if you still can't get it, yeah, you, you go in to ask a question, whatever. But the other thing is... Um, being able to sit in silence is one of the things that I am in absolute awe with um, some comedians. Um, I reckon Anthony tomic is really is really good at that. He just always seems so cool. Yep. He never seems to be flustered or, or in trouble with where he's at in his head. Um, yeah. And it's just one of those things that if you're able to exude a level of, of calm on stage... Um, and control of of your own kind of emotions, I think um, it instills a bit of confidence in the crowd, and they go, okay, this guy's this guy knows what he's doing. He's yep. not he's not fast, He's he's pretty nonplussed. It's all you know, yeah. sweet. Yeah. So I think that's a real thing that I have to continually remind myself of as well. Is that you don't necessarily have to have constant laughter. Um, it's nice, but I mean. If there's periods where you just need to kind of take a beat, then that's all right. Like I have to kind of, it's okay. This isn't going downhill, you know. And then kind of getting into your next your next bit. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything. I think I think it's really natural for there to be gaps of, of quiet. You just don't want it to be too long.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like it it um it sometimes happens. With, like I know Taylor Cofter is good at that. And in mm. fact, some of his jokes rely on silence to build up to a punch.
1: James McMahon. James McMahon has a... And, and I've seen him do comedy since he was 16 years old. I don't know how old he's now, 22, 23, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, still young. And it's still going. And as a 16, 17-year-old, had this confidence and this really absurd shit that he would do yeah, as well. Yeah. But had this ability to just sit and and live in that, in that silence and be absolutely... Uh, Unfazed by it, uh, he was really—I've—I've I've, I've admired that about um, what he's done. Yeah, like the whole time he's ever been doing comedy. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm—I'm I'm so much of a psycho. I just need constant <laughs> validation, and yeah. if I don't get it, it's everyone else's fault aside from mine.
1: <laughs>
0: and, and yeah, if and oh, it's,
1: it's funny, man, I um—I remember seeing a um—an open mic in Sydney. Oh, this is way before I did comedy, so it must have been 20 years ago now. But I you know, was interested in it at the time, so I used to go to a fair few mics and different yeah. things around the place. And um, and there was a dude who came out um, and he did his first couple of jokes. And there was a lady who was in the crowd and she had some people with her. And the dude didn't know that she was actually getting up later. But she was, she was drinking, she was obviously trying to get her confidence up. And she was a really loud laugher. Now, this dude drops his first couple of jokes and she laughs really loud. It's a decent joke, right? And he's like, what's with your laugh, lady? And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, what do you laugh so loud? Like, And she was like, oh, sorry, I, I thought it was stand-up comedy, which is a good, pretty good line. That's good. And she got a massive laugh on From him. From that, yeah. You know. And then he was like, oh, well, just don't do it so loud. So you've just... You've just told your audience at a comedy show, yeah. not to laugh loud. Like, what kind of fucking idiot are you? Yeah, like, yeah. and then and then they went, all right, and everyone just didn't laugh for yeah. the rest of his set. Dude, they just gave him it's so up.
0: funny how so how quickly a crowd can turn on. you. yeah, your, yeah. Uh,
1: and they did. They just turned on him, and in the end, he was just like, all right, you know. And so, I mean, that's one of those things I always try and keep in mind. I think it's 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 also it's a fine line with um with crowd work. And hecklers as well. Yep. Sometimes there's a big difference between doing crowd work and hecklers. So sometimes you might have people who go into the crowd to get a response or to set up a joke or whatever. And then later on, the crowd doesn't necessarily know the difference. And so they yep. might think, oh, I can contribute here as well. True. And then they'll say something and then the comic could be like, shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I've, I've heard well, of that. On. You know, you, yeah. can't,
1: you can't ask for it in one minute and then get angry when they when
0: they provide you know the same kind of uh, feedback contribution later on yeah yeah. yeah, so Um, I've heard that with comedians that take an opener yeah so the opener might invite the crowd to be involved and then the headliner just has to deal with people wanting to talk the whole time to him yeah yeah. Um, it's the same with open mics man if like you know, you get an MC that does a bit of crowd work and then he brings you up. It's just like, fucking thanks, dude. I didn't want these people talking to me. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's why I like mixing up the MC. Yeah, Because yeah. it makes you work in different conditions. Yeah. You can't just go into the same safe space every time. Because even that's not going to be funny after a while. Yeah, um, yeah. Even if, so you could... If I got up and did um, a killer set and then went back the next week and did the same set, same venue, maybe even mostly the same crowd, it's not going to hit the same. Even yep. if it's a different crowd, yeah, yeah, no two people the same, it could still not hit as good. Yeah, Probably yeah, won't yeah. hit as good because do you know why? The first time, you didn't expect it to kill. Yeah, the yeah. second time, you expected it to and now it's done. Have you ever seen someone that just nails a joke and it gets down pat, and then you can see when they get sick of doing it because they stop getting as many laughs. Yeah, for it. Yeah, I've yeah. done it myself. So they don't deliver it with the same oh. kind of um, passion or... or exactly, condition. because, like, yep. I, I did this joke <clears throat> one time, um, so it's, I won't tell the whole joke, it's just a tag at the end of one. So, like, I'll sometimes be telling a joke and I'll, I'll like, chuckle midway yep. through it. I'll be like, oh, sorry, I haven't heard this one either.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, it's a nice line. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: like... I'll be doing it for the first time on stage and I'm writing it sometimes as I'm saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll go up with, like, a skeleton of how I want, like, um, you know, set up, set up, punch. Yeah, yeah, But then there'll be, like, set up, someone says something, address that, think of something else, say that. And then before you know it, you're, like, set up, tangent, tangent, punch. Yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah. like your buddy was saying, saying like, with the crowd work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've got s- some more stories about, like, traveling and doing comedy around the place i'm going to split this episode in two halves
1: <laughs> we've been talking that long already uh yeah so so <laughs> yeah, i can't
0: right. edit for more than half an hour so yeah, i'm going right. to cut this now and then we'll come back and do the second part and in one in, after this one and for you guys it's going to feel like a few weeks so Sick. all right um thanks for listening to the first part make sure you tune into the uh, second part coming soon make sure you like subscribe and share comment and rate the podcast thank you